Welcome to episode 26 of In the Abstract, the Lakeland Title podcast. I'm your host, Brian Jossel, the founder and owner of Lakeland Title. And for this episode, we're going to talk about why people litter, how that impacts your community, and what you can do about it. And for that, we have a special guest, Susan Russell, the executive director of Keep Louisiana Beautiful, and she's going to tell us more about it. So I hope you all enjoy this episode and let's get into it. So thank you, Susan, so much for doing this for us. Uh, we're really glad to have you here. And uh, I did a little introduction of you, but why don't you introduce yourself to everybody else? Tell us about yourself. Sure. I'm Susan Russell. I'm executive director for Keep Louisiana Beautiful, and I've been working in this space for a number of years now. Uh, first at the local level with Keep Mandeville Beautiful and moving to the state position in 2014. And so my background is in nonprofit management and program development. Okay. And uh, the reason I wanted to bring you on is because uh, litter is a big problem, I think, in, in Louisiana and, and definitely where I live in Baton Rouge. And so I just kind of wanted to bring you on to kind of discuss uh, some of the topics surrounding litter. And so I wanted to start off with, uh, why do people litter? Isn't that the million dollar question, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's For those of us who don't litter, it's beyond our comprehension, right, of just tossing things out of a window. Um, or walking down a street and just dropping something for someone else to take care of. You know, it's, I wish litter, the issues surrounding it was, I, I wish they were simple, but unfortunately they very complex. There's multiple sources of litter. And I think there's multiple reasons why litter exists. Um, there's unintentional littering and then there's intentional littering. And so I think for the people who intentionally litter, um, I think that they just, they don't care. They don't value um, uh, uh, and respect the environment or the community that they live in. I think that they um, oftentimes don't feel connected uh, to the community and that they are a part of that community and part of that responsibility is to take care of the space where you live and work and play, that it's not someone else's job to pick up after you. Um, and I think that a lot of, you know, a lot of just taking care of whether that's your home or your playground at school or your workspace, your play space, uh, a lot of it is how you're raised as well. Okay. And, uh, and how, how have you seen that litter impacts a community? What is it? What, what happens when a community has a lot of litter in it? You know, I often say that this is probably, you know, I think this is one of the most impactful issues in Louisiana that probably gets the least amount of attention and funding. And it's only been just recently that it's getting more attention and um, more funding to to solve the problems. Um, it crosses all boundaries, right? And so it affects every part of Louisiana, whether you are, live in a rural area or in a larger city, whether you are high income, low income, Republican, Democrat, it makes no difference your age, you know, it makes no difference of your gender, your political, you know, slant. It affects us all. Um, it affects the economy, tourism, the water quality affects um, animals and marine life, um, the state's image. When we have people that come here and are just disgusted by what they see because they're, you know, live in a state that um, 
does a much better job in taking care of and maintaining their cities. Um, so it just it's a black eye for every single um, in every single area. It also can be very expensive for municipalities and for parishes um, to maintain their public spaces. If we're paying city employees and parish employees to literally pick up after others, um, somebody's paying for that. And it's it's you, it's me, and it's it's all taxpayers. Um, so it impacts everything. Okay. And uh, it would seem like uh, it would also impact uh, property values. You'd think maybe that places that are cleaner and have less litter would have higher real estate values. Has that been your experience? Well, you know, there are studies out there that I've read that make that connection. Um, and it's, you know, it's really part of the overall picture. So I think litter is a piece of it. But I often tell people, if you close your eyes, right, and open them back up again. And if every piece of litter was removed from Louisiana, what would we look like? What would your neighborhood, your community, your city, your parish look like? Would it be beautiful? And oftentimes the answer is it would look better, but not beautiful. And why is that? Because it is more than just litter that breaks down the appearance of a community. And that appearance of a community is so very important to our property values, right? It's that quality, because it speaks to the quality of life. And so it's everything. It's grass being mowed and edged and fences being repaired and street signs that are, you know, not knocked down, straightened up. And it's park benches. And it's, it's the complete package of taking care of our public spaces, our roadways, the maintenance, all of that. And so there is absolutely a connection between the appearance of your community, quality of life. It shows that people care. It shows that people um, are invested. It shows that, um, you know, when, when there's areas with high litter, what is that communicating? It's communicating the, the very opposite, right? It communicates that no one's watching, that nobody cares, that there's no accountability, that there's low expectation. And then littered areas become the norm. Roadways with high grass and no edging and car parts on the side of the roadways, that becomes just commonplace. It becomes the norm and we become blind to all of it. And that is unfortunately, where we are in Louisiana. And that's one of the reasons why I think it's so hard to move the needle is that not everyone is aware of it. They see it so often, every day, every day, every day. It just becomes part of their norm. And do you, do you think the problem's gotten better or worse over the years? Uh, I'd like to think that it's gotten better. Um, but in in all honesty, it's you know, our state has gone through a tremendous amount over the last couple of years between hurricanes and tornadoes and flooding. And every time there's a natural disaster and that don't get me wrong, that's not the main culprit. But we have to be honest and realize that that compounds an already bad problem. Right. We have additional trucks on the road that are hauling people's you know, stuff out of their homes and things flying out of, of the truck beds. We have people who literally have to, you know, gut their homes and put it on the curb. 
you know, and wind and rain comes and, and it, it floats down or is blown down the street. We have, um, you know, trucks rebuilding construction and things flying out. So that is a part of the problem. I know that the work that we do here, we do, we try to provide support to local communities through education, through grant funding, through um, training, um, um, uh, our network of community affiliates, our network of university affiliates, and we are seeing more and more people who are engaged at the local level than ever before. Um, so that is reassuring people who want to see change, who want better than what they currently have. And for many of them, they're not sure where to turn and there's not there's no funding available. And sometimes, you know, these things do cost money, unfortunately, until we get people to change their behavior. We have to educate them. We have to enforce the little laws and we have to um, uh train our elected officials and our stakeholders on the importance of clean communities, of maintenance, on litter prevention tactics, on doing better with stormwater management. All of those things need to take place because it's not just government's responsibility. This will never change on the backs of volunteers picking up litter. And it's, it's all of us. Every person who lives in Louisiana has a role and a responsibility. So does local government. So does state government. So does businesses. Um, and so does our schools and our, our formal and non-formal educators. It's an opportunity to change that culture, you know, by reaching our young people and educating them. And we have programs that are available free of charge for any formal and non-formal educator. And there's also that role and responsibility of the enforcement community. Because when people don't do the right thing, when we see piles of waste tires and dumping, illegal dumping, we have to be able to enforce the litter laws and the illegal dumping laws because some people aren't gonna change until they get citations. And so it's everybody saying, I'm gonna do my part, my role, my responsibility coming together. And when we do that, that's when real change will be seen. Okay, and, uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, old tires. Is that a particular problem in Louisiana for us? It is a problem in Louisiana and, and actually it's a problem in all states. So, you know, we're not unique to that, um, but it is, it's a problem all over Louisiana. And it causes the mosquito problem to get worse. Causes mosquito problem. They catch on fire. You can't put them out. It's, it's, the list goes on and on with the problems with, with waste tire dumping. Would you call that the worst type of litter or is there one that's worse than that? No, I mean, not necessarily. Um, you know, I, I think that, I don't know that there's one that's worse than another. They're, they're all very harmful in different ways. You know, you could say plastics, you know, single use plastics are a problem because it contributes to, you know, the problems with micro and macro, you know, um, uh, uh, plastics. Um, you can say that, uh, you know, cigarette butts are a problem because, you know, they are lightweight and they float and enter into the, the bayous and, you know, the, the birds eat them. I mean, they all are bad and just, they just all have a little bit different of a story. You know, I was doing actually, um, <clears throat> when I was driving home yesterday from work, my 
side street leading into my neighborhood um, had uh, quite a bit of litter on it. And I think it was because of the rainfall. We often, after rainfall, see an increase in, in litter. And so um, me and my daughter grabbed our grabbers and bag and we went a short stretch and had two full bags, you know, within the matter of literally 15 minutes. And I can tell you the most items that we picked up were styrofoam cups that came from like a, a convenience store, gas station, uh, fast food items, and empty liquor bottles. Um, and so it's it's really and and those are things those are items that more likely than not were tossed out of a window. You know, when we look at interstate litter, more likely than not, things are coming from the backs of truck beds. They're coming from loads that are not secured. When you drive down the interstate and there's a, a dresser or a mattress on the side of the road or a whole bag of trash or an ice chest, you know, when you're swerving around to try to avoid the ladder that's in the middle of the road or you see the insulation that's, you know, spewed across, those things are not coming from a car window. That's coming from a truck. So even if we just enforce that law, that things needed to be secured and covered, we would make huge strides. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I also wanted to ask you uh, if you heard of this study that many years ago, uh, Dr. Robert Caldini over at uh, Arizona State University did that said he had found that in places where there is a lot of litter, it makes people think it's okay to litter and then therefore they will litter more and vice versa, yeah. when there's not a lot of litter around that people feel like, oh, I'm, I shouldn't litter because the place is yeah. so well kept. I mean, do, you, do you agree with that? Litter begets litter, absolutely. And so it goes back to what I was saying, you know, when you when when areas are littered every day and it's just, it becomes commonplace, it becomes the norm. So it's not, no one really notices it anymore, right? And it communicates that, that no one's watching, so I might as well litter, no one's gonna tell me anything. No one apparently cares. There's no investment here. There's no ownership, no accountability. All of those messages are being communicated when you come into a community that is highly littered. And it, you know, it, it damages the, that community greatly. And so in areas that are littered, it attracts additional litter. That's one of the reasons why we, in fact, right now spent the day looking at grant applications. We just um, uh, closed our application period and we received 98 trash receptacle grant applications. And so we're getting ready to spend um, about $650,000 uh, providing trash receptacles to local municipalities, local parishes, um, uh, university campuses, nonprofits for trash receptacles to go in outdoor public spaces so that if you want people to do the right thing, give them a way to do that. So every public park, your boat launches, all these areas where people are, you know, enjoying the outdoors. Um, maybe having lunch and, you know, whatever, um, that they have a way that they can properly dispose of their waste so that their trash doesn't become litter. Um, and the overwhelming response just proves that these local communities need some help. You know, really good sturdy trash receptacles that will last in Louisiana heat and humidity are very expensive, you know. And um, 
a lot of a lot of the communities, especially the smaller ones, you know, they can only afford the 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 low end receptacles, and after a year or two, they just they fall apart. And so, we're really happy that we can offer assistance to um, Louisiana through these grants to help them because it helps build that infrastructure that's needed for clean communities and trash receptacles is just one small piece of that. Okay, wow, that's amazing. That's That grant sounds like it's going to be really, really good and uh, have a great benefit to the state. Yeah. Another thing, back to your point about, you know, littered areas, we there's also connections like on the flip side, like areas that are beautiful and well-maintained have less, attract less litter. And we know that. And so one of the other things that grants that we are awarding right now is about $178,000 in beautification grants. And we got 50 applications for those. And so again, this is allowing us to give local communities money to enhance the uh, appearance of their communities through trees, gardening, welcome signs. We all know first impressions go a long way. So if we can have a beautiful welcome um, uh, area uh, where people, that's the, their first impression, then we start with on, on a good foot. Um, and we, like I said, we also know that beautiful spaces um, uh, help to, to not attract litter as much. Okay. And that kind of uh, brings me to my next question. Uh, what can ordinary people do to help? Well, there's a ton of things. Like I said, we all have a role and a responsibility, right? So I would say let's, if each person took responsibility for their space, you know, and their actions, their behaviors, and it's some, like for, for some people, it might seem really simple, um, but even like make sure on your garbage day that your trash is in a bag and tied and in the garbage can with the lid on because there's so much litter that happens at that point when the trash come truck comes and the the can is is emptied if the trash is loose oftentimes it will fall out and blow down the road. Or if the lid is not closed and it's on the curb and animals get in it. And so these these are the kinds of things I'm talking about unintentional. Like they didn't intend to litter, but because of their, their behavior, their action or lack of, it contributed to the litter problem. Also loose materials flying out of the back of the, a garbage truck, which we've all seen, right? Um, is less likely if the trash bags are, are you know, uh, if the trash is bagged. So starts there. If you drive a pickup truck, make sure the bed of your truck is always clean. So, you know, I know a lot of people will, you know, be eating fast food or whatever, throw it in the back of the truck thinking, oh, well, when I get home, I'll take care of it. And when they get home, lo and behold, it's not there because it flew out of their back of their truck when they were going 65 miles an hour, right? So, um and then when we are transporting things, whether it's in a pickup truck or if it's a commercial truck or whatever, by law, it has to be secured or covered. And so that, of course, would prevent all those larger items from flying out onto the roadways, which is a safety issue as well. So those are some easy things. Then when you're in your car, when you're in your boat, have a bag inside that you can keep your trash in because often people will keep it in the car thinking, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm not throwing it out the window, right? But 
the unintentional act. Again, you get out of your car, you open up the door and something, the napkin flies out. And that's the unintentional, where if you keep it in a bag, then that won't happen. Same with a boat, right? You have a, a can of beer or, you know, a bottle of water and then you take off in your boat and it flies out. So it's it's people really being more mindful about their behaviors and how they might contribute to the litter problem, even if they don't intend to. We all love our festivals. We love our parades, our outdoor concerts, our road races. But we also know that they generate a tremendous amount of waste and a tremendous amount of litter. So when you head out to your festival or to your parade, you know, make sure you bring a little bag with you. It's a little effort. It's a little, you know, takes a little bit of, of, of planning and, and forethought, but it is, it, it's so needed. It's so worth it. Um, and then you can dispose of your trash when you, when you get home. Um, and then of course you can always do a cleanup. One of the programs we're rolling out over the next couple of months is um, we're partnering with local libraries and we're providing cleanup supplies at the local libraries. And the idea here is to empower and engage everyday citizens into cleaning up their space. Um, so just like yesterday, I gave you the example of I was driving home, noticed on, you know, a, a, a lot of litter and I wanted to do something about it. Well, I happen to have a grabber at home. Most people don't, right? But you with your library card could go into your local library, check out a couple of grabbers, safety vests, a trash bag, whether you're cleaning in your neighborhood or around a school or a place of business, and then return it, um, return those supplies to the library. And again, this is a way that you don't have to wait for someone else to organize you know, a cleanup, a community cleanup or a citywide cleanup. It's saying like, everybody just pitch in and help. So that could be a Girl Scout leader wanting to do an activity with her Girl Scout troop. It could be you and a friend or, you know, some of your children, um, take them and, and teach them the importance um, of keeping of keeping their streets clean and their community clean. So um, then, you know, Basically, when you see litter, pick it up and never litter yourself, you know, so those are, you know, what I just mentioned, like six or seven easy, simple things that people can do to not be a part of the litter problem. Okay. Now, what if somebody wants to get involved with Keep Louisiana Beautiful? What can they do? Sure. On that yeah, we always, we need as much help as we can. So you can go to our website at keeplouisianabeautiful.org. And there are multiple ways you can get involved. Of course, as a nonprofit organization, we need support, financial support. So it could be as simple as just making a donation at any level. You can become a member of Keep Louisiana Beautiful as well. Um, we can help plug you in if you want to volunteer in your local community. We can try to plug you in with some of the local affiliates or some of our other nonprofit partners if you're interested in being more involved um, or perhaps uh, volunteering for a, a cleanup. So there are multiple ways to be involved and to do your part. Um, and like I said, it's it's going to take us all working together. And then uh, is Keep Louisiana Beautiful, that's affiliated with Keep America Beautiful? Is that? We are. We're the state office of Keep America Beautiful. And like I mentioned, there's uh, 39 affiliates in our in our state. Um, and then we just certified last year um, seven universities. And so we are... 
Um, there's only one other state that has a university affiliate program, and that's California, and they have two universities. We now have seven. So we can say that we're first in something in Louisiana, <laughs> and we're actually onboarding um, three more universities this year. So at the end of this year, we'll have 10 of them. And so we're really excited about that program. Um, and so we have LSU and ULL, Gramlin, Xavier, Nichols, uh, UNO, and Tulane um, are currently uh, affiliates and onboarding. We have Loyola, Northwestern, and um, uh, University of Louisiana in Monroe. And oh, wow. the thing that excites us most about this is that this these are our next generation of leaders, right? And often they get it more than we do, you know? And so um, these are folks that will really be able to, when they're in leadership positions, put in those policies and those best practices that will bring about the permanent change and break this cycle of neglect that we find ourselves in. And so we're engaging students on campus um, at these higher ed uh, institutions to do uh, programs and projects to help keep their community and their campuses clean, but also sustainability. So many of them are, are housed in the Office of Sustainability. And so like they'll do waste audits and litter surveys to try to 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 figure out, you know, why something is and not just this isn't just about picking up litter. Right. I mean, it's important to pick up litter, but, you know, we all know that, unfortunately, litter returns. So how do we permanently prevent litter. Um, and um, so it, that's been just one of the the, the best things that we have done um, over the years. And uh, it's brand new and we're just thrilled. And so now we're able to offer them some grant money through some help with EPA and um, and we'll see where that goes. But we're really helpful that hopeful that we can reach the the young generation. And, and like I said, we need to change this culture of, of neglect that we have. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And that that program with the colleges sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. Uh, well, I really appreciate you doing this for me. Is there is there anything else you'd like to add as we wrap up? No, so we we have any um, every year. Well, every year we did it last year. It was the first year, but we do what's called Love the Boot Week. And it this year it's running April 17th through 23rd, and uh, which is during Earth Day week. Last year we did it and we had, uh, for the first year, we had 280 cleanup events all over the state. Uh, it was an amazing turnout. Um, we had over 8,000 volunteers and this year we're hoping to double that. And so I am calling all of your listeners, individuals, families, schools, business, governments, everybody, go to our website, lovetheboot.org. Uh, Mid-January will open, and you can either register to organize a cleanup in your community, or you can volunteer for one. And it's full of different tools and resources. The first 250 groups that organize a cleanup and register online will get a supply pack with T-shirts and garbage bags and gloves to help them with their, their event. Uh, we have all of our top state leaders, a lot of our legislators, a lot of our uh, Louisiana stakeholders involved in this. And it's to engage people in taking care of their community. And we hope it plants the seed and people become more aware of how bad the problem really is. Because if you think it's bad, 
by what you see in the car driving 45, 55 miles an hour down the road. Wait till you start walking the street and you see all the little pieces of litter. 80% of all litter is four inches or smaller. So we don't see it when we in the car. So that is one of the great, the greatest and strongest um, pieces that we have for education and to help facilitate the change of that behavior is to get people walking the streets, volunteering for a cleanup. They will never litter again. <laughs> and hopefully they'll come back and share with others how disgusted they were and how alarming that the situation is. And that word of mouth, there's a lot of value in that. So yes, we're picking up litter, but it's also an education and awareness tool as well. And so we encourage everybody to look out for that. We have a campaign that will be starting in February and March, bringing attention to it. And we want to be able to really elevate this as the signature event. And for this to be Louisiana's time where everybody goes out and does their part to clean up their space. Um, and if we can get people in the habit of doing it, not just that one week, but 365 days of the year, then I can retire. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing event. Uh, well, uh, I really appreciate you doing this for us. I mean, it was a fascinating and informative conversation. And uh, maybe we'll have you back again sometime and talk about how that event went after it's after it's Great. over. Oh, yeah. Great. Thank you, Brian. Oh, you thank you. Care. All right. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that episode. If you're not in Louisiana and you want to get involved in the uh, anti-litter movement, you can go to Keep America Beautiful. That's kab.org. And they can direct you to your local organization so you can help out wherever you are. And uh, I'd like to ask you to please subscribe if you enjoyed the podcast. And you could also leave some comments if you're on YouTube or if you'd like to leave a review if you're listening on a podcast platform. We'd appreciate it. And we will see y'all next time.